the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. There's always something to pick up on these kind of days. Kind of days when the Marxists among us, the fascists, the mafia, advances ground, which is what happened today. Happened on a couple of fronts, but there's always something to be learned. I guess there's uh, three Republicans that joined the vote to confirm affirmative action. Jackson, I don't have a problem with anybody taking any job unless it's somebody who doesn't deserve it. Unless it's somebody who really is part of a organized crime family versus somebody who's qualified. I feel this way about all the jobs. See, there's other jobs going on in the bureaucracy of Marxist mafia called Democrats that are being appointed right now to all kinds of very important bureaucracies, more important than the Supreme Court justice. Oh, and yes, it's not as important as they make you tell. It's been corrupted for decades, and it's corrupted bipartisan. Never forget the reason you're strapped with the yoke of socialist health care is because of a Republican who unconstitutionally and based on no grounds rewrote rewrote the argument by the Marxists so you could be strapped with it. So from that day forward, I really don't care. I really don't care. I never needed a bunch of law school fanatics, law school freaks, probably playing naked twister in their little chambers to tell me what was constitutional or not. I decide. So what this affirmative action Jackson is going to do doesn't matter to me because she has a, a history of being pedophile friendly. She likes it that way. If she wasn't a Democrat, you'd never know her name. But that could be said from the whole for the whole standpoint of how that court has been overtaken by political pimps and whores to assure that their tyranny gets a green light on the people of this country. So it's not that big of a sweat. After all, she's only replacing another moron. So what's the difference to me? None. But what, is, what does make a difference is that when you see these Marxist mafia members lie. Lie. Because that's the only conclusion I can come to. See, this guy that I'm going to play right now, he's a senator. Part of the Irish mafia. His name is Murphy. Good old Irish Democrat from Connecticut. Now, he's a lawyer. He's an author of books. He can't be stupid. So he's got to be lying when he says something this obviously incorrect. Yeah, I, I just coincidentally got the chance to walk out of the chamber after the vote with um, Representative, uh, excuse me, Senator Warnock, um, the first African-American senator from the Deep South uh, since Reconstruction. What? And What? What, you idiot? You see, there was a time in this country before the race baiters decided how to divide Americans, how to co-opt an entire race of people, basically, not all, but a very large percentage, even though they're 
constructing policies that forever harm that race of people and other races. And that is the history of this country. We've had three black senators before Warnock, three, one of them in 1870. I, I, I mean, this is not just a trivia question. This is history. What are they teaching these people in school today? I remember because the name, Hiram Ravels, and I'm pronouncing his name the way I want. Hiram Ravels in 1870, black senator from Mississippi, not to mention a senator with the name Blanche. You remember, he's a man. His name is Blanche. His last name is Bruce. He, too, was black. They called them Americans back then. Now it's called African-American. Maybe that's why the Irish gangster doesn't know. Because in his little books, they don't use the word African-American up until around the 80s, 90s. Back then, men of all races, if they were Americans, were called Americans. Of course, they were called men if they were men, if they had the three-piece set, and women if they didn't. That's changing, too. And we've got the Marxist mafia to thank for that as well. But when you hear something like this, remember these people you pretend are statesmen who put up their phony nameplates with the word honorable in front of it. They're lying gypsies, Irish gypsy mafia members like Senator Murphy from Connecticut. They don't just exist in Mike Madigan's district and, and, and other notable municipalities who always vote for these gangsters. This is, an, this, is, this is an atrocity, and it's really a deceptive rule because what they want you to not pay attention to is that this country just lost IQ points because you put on the highest court in the land somebody who is completely, completely unqualified. Oh, they're going to tell you she's qualified, but she can't tell you she's qualified. She can't tell you what the hell a woman is, and she certainly can't explain her past record of being friendly to the most obvious scourge among us, pedophiles, pedophiles. But we got Joe Biden in the White House. He's, if I remember correctly, he likes sniffing girls and having kids rub his hairy legs. Remember all that? I remember that. Grassley is a, is a man of the South, a representative. Problem is he sounds like he's 105, but the content of what he says makes a lot of sense. For judicial nominees, their philosophy ought to decide how to decide cases ought to be a primary consideration. Part of having a judicial philosophy is having an understanding of the fundamental principles of our Constitution. That's it. Can you imagine if these justices were not warriors of an agenda, but if they were bound by the principles of the Enlightenment? which is what this country is. See, we wouldn't have any problems because the reality is with this government, this gangster government has become this fascistic, tyrannical, pay-to-play scheme. It actually is illegal under the principles of Americanism. All of it, all of it, from the, from the bribery, from the bureaucracies that are given the power of lawmakers, all of it. In fact, what we're dealing with, about 90% of it is completely against the principles of free citizens, free men, where you're not contorted into doing anything. I've got clip after clip over the last few days of how the government is going to force oil companies to do this and force healthcare companies to do this and force insurance companies to do that. Force, force, force. None of that is American. And we are supposed to be able to use the principles of the Enlightenment, which is America, 
to protect us as a shield against the fascism. But the fascism just put in a rubber stamp to its agenda. And they hide behind her race and her gender. That's not American at all, but it is too commonplace now. So what you're going to have to do is wait it out. You're going to have to go to high ground. And ironically, ironically, the Irish gangster, where freedom exists in this country, is the South. The South was the first to elect black senators. The first to nominate black Supreme Court justices. The first. And they're the only place in this country that believes in those principles of the Enlightenment. It really does. So I wish there was a bill forward to separate the states. Let these corrupt Democrat mafia bastards live in the squalor they build. Because all the clips attest to that squalor. And they lie to your face and tell you that their society is great to live in, in the reality of people fleeing it. It's really something to watch. It really is. But in the, at the same day this is going on, there's other news. See, there's other bureaucracies out there that are destroying the quality of your life. Now, you have to take steps to fight back these bureaucracies of ter- terror. Really, they're terror. This is fascistic terrorism implemented from a gangster government that you probably have no idea about. The Department of Education has in its midst somebody by the name of Miguel Cardona. And I don't speak Spanish, but I'm guessing Cardona's stands for soft and fat and useless because that's what he is, except he's a Marxist son of a gun. And before he was swept in to the head of the Department of Education, there was a scandal that broke, but much like all the scandals that break against these gangster bastards, they don't stick. A Fox exclusive breaking late today, a newly unearthed email reviewed by Fox News Digital connects President Biden's education secretary to the controversial letter from the National School Board Association that compared parents who were protesting at their school board meetings to domestic terrorists. Correspondent Jillian Turner gives us the back. So now they got Ferret Face Garland, Merrick Garland. Chicago's own gangster at the Department of Justice who took this inside union organized letter to intimidate parents that pushed back against the abuse of their children, their mental abuse of their children, the sexualization of their children and the rest of it. And now you will be investigated by what is supposed to be the Federal Bureau of Investigation. In fact, I think they have their own Gestapo wing they're building with their new funny money they printed up. And in the meantime, this fat, useless slob of a man Cardona was on uh, on the news today in the news. He wanted to reveal some of his ideology with you. Everything from exposing your six, seven and eight, nine year olds to sexual perversion and touting the agenda of the Marxist education system. So when it comes to kids third grade or younger, it looks like this would ban talking about uh, these topics with kids uh, of that age. By the way, the Florida bill that protects the third graders and younger from the sexual perversion of the Marxist mafia. It's catching steam. It's being put forward in Texas. It's being put forward in about six other states right now. So see, the states that are run by people who enjoy the ideas and the principles of Americanism, they're pushing back against the feeble fascist Joe Biden and his administration. So they're going to cut it off now because they've got their new Marxist foot soldier in Cardona, fat and useless. 
but he is in charge of the Department of Education. Um, and, you know, again, as a parent, when I think, do I want my eight-year-old kid, seven-year-old kid to, you know, be talking about these things in the classroom, you know, I might think twice about that as many parents might. But so how do you view... Well, you should have thought about that before you voted Democrat, Dimwit. You should have thought about that. But you weren't interested in the ramifications. You just wanted something for nothing. You wanted to lift up your skirt and show everybody you're qualified for a job, didn't you there, honey? That part of the law. And do you have any concerns with that part specifically? You know, I think it's very carefully written. Let, let's, let's, let's see. That's because it doesn't say don't say gay when he says that. See, this is the this is how they have to use the language. The bill simply says you teacher, you person who gets paid exorbitantly high for mediocre service. You don't talk sex to kids under nine years old. All right there, scumbag, because we have to make laws now against the wretched Democrat scum. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. What it's doing is um, forcing students who maybe come from homes where there are two moms or two dads um, to feel ashamed of bringing up their home situation. Why would they feel ashamed of that? Aren't the parents to discuss that with their kids? I mean, after all, isn't that relationship between the parents, whether they be two moms or two dads and the kids? Why would they be ashamed of that? If that's what they know, if they have nothing to be ashamed of. People in society have dealt with each other long before the American Democrat year circa 2022 became in charge of life itself. Yes, we did, Cardona. And in every generation, back 500 years, you were always viewed as fat and useless by men. I, I talk to teachers in Florida who are gay who say, I can't even put up a family picture in my classroom now because of fear of people are going to say things or, or I'm going to be treated differently. When you went to school, did your teacher have a family picture? What the hell does the kids have to be exposed to the teacher's family for? What the hell ha happened to teachers teaching history, arithmetic, English, gym class? Whatever happened to that? Why do I have to be in love with the teacher? Why do I have to know if her spouse is as... Handsome as Jan Schakowsky or as ugly as Mitt Romney? Why do I have to oh, know? Oh, God. What kind of world is this now where we all have to be related to each other? We all have to be interacted. I have to wear my masks to save the fat-ass Democrat. What the hell is going on? This isn't America anymore. Too bad we can't go to the Supreme Court to fight for America. They got a, they're got Marxists in there now. 312-642-5600. AM560. You know, in collectivist societies, individuals don't exist. The reason race, nationality, sex is important is because the individual doesn't exist. It's something that's been sold by communists forever. I've always wondered, how do, how do, how do people of minority status accept that? You're not an individual. See, when I do something, it's not, oh, all uh, Caucasoids celebrate i made a big accomplishment when i do something it's not all melrose parkers when cheer why look at what you it's an individual i'm an individual same thing when somebody from my neighborhood murders somebody i have nothing to do with that i have nothing to do with that when somebody from my neighborhood is a low-life scumbag it's no reflection on me but in a communist society there's no such thing as the individual this is what you're slowly getting used to so that's why you can look past an obvious dimwit fraud who refused to ask what makes a woman a lack of a three-piece set. Let's start with that. Or maybe the headline should be, 
the first ever non-biologist accepted to the Supreme Court, right? I mean, how stupid do you have to be to accept this nonsense? And what an insult it is to the people of character that happen to be from her race. It's an insult. It's a tragedy. Keith, Arlington Heights. Hey, hey, what's going on, Sean? Not much, Keith. Hey, I want to talk about Katanji. I believe she was chosen by the Obamas. Diapers probably didn't even know who this woman was, but the handlers did. And she may be a judge, but I think she has more of an activist, you know, uh, mantle about her. Are, and I mean, and 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 it, 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 you know, with and everything is about confusion. There was nothing coherent. I mean, it, it and it's not because she's black. It's because her her policy or her ideology is just bad. I mean, as a black person growing up, right in the seventies and the eighties, we were in my neighborhood. We were pretty conservative we didn't know it but we were pretty conservative and it was everything was pretty much black and white in terms of how we thought how we felt but today that whole paradigm has been shifted it's almost like the 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 black people that i've learned or who i know have taken on this liberal mindset where we don't we don't know what a woman is we redefine i don't know how it happened though because i'm guessing you and i are about the same age i don't know how it happened because when we grew up there wasn't this kind of angst. We played sports against each other. We were friends with each other. None of this existed. And the other thing is we celebrated accomplishments. Am I the only one that remembers when Clarence Thomas went through the process of becoming yeah. a Supreme Court justice and the outright vitriol in which this fraud, this union mafia bagman called Joe Biden attacked Clarence Thomas? Mm -hmm. How in the world yeah. did so many people forget what a piece of racist scum. And I don't mean you have to remember him celebrating um, Robert Byrd, the Klansman leader of the Democrat Party. But mm -hmm. how did this happen now? How, is, how in the world are people not recognizing the problem of all races? Is the Democrat Party creating policies and legalizing the corruption that has made them all worth hundreds of millions? I don't understand it, Keith. I don't. I think they have used the struggle of black people to help further an agenda that black people had nothing to do with, right? We're a larger population and you can use us or, or the black people to help start all kinds of movements and do it all in the name of social justice. Martin Luther King, he would have wanted that and so forth and so on. And this is where we are today. How about you take away the accomplishments of guys your age and my age? I went to high school at St. Joe's. My friends were not the spoiled trust fund babies. They were the kids from Maywood. They were the kids from Bellwood. They were the kids from who were bust in to play basketball from back then Cabrini Green. And I'm not kidding you. This is, I was proud of that. They were my dear friends. And you know what? At my age, they all became very successful. Why do you get to take away all those accomplishments before this American Marxist mafia took power? They were men who succeeded without the Democrat mafia. Why do they get to lose? Yep. Why do they have to lose their lineage, their own personal history? And what's crazy is that all of these so-called black leaders who, 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 who peddle this stuff, they're all successful. It's like, why won't you pass it on? It's almost like, well, yeah. we're the only ones who were able to do it, but everybody else, you know, you're disenfranchised. Because they got, they got the successful got on the head. hustle. That's why. They got right. successful on the That's hustle. Like, like Jesse Jackson from the Church of Perpetual Tax Evasion. Keith, I went long. I appreciate it. Thanks for calling. 312-642-5600. You are out of order. You're out of order. You're out of order. The whole trial is out of order. They're out of order.
to justify fascism, how their self-preservation, they're worried about themselves. Most of the uh, uh, tyranny comes from people who are scared. You know, we've seen it over the last 24 months with COVID. It's the people who are in the worst shape, who are 400 pounds, who don't want to leave their house. They are very confident in dictating the actions of others. I'm curious, what's your favorite book on the subject, if you had to give one out? Uh, by someone very close to me, whose name is Dr. Cliff Brickman. It's called The Still Soft Voice. Still I'm glad soft. you asked that. Still like, Soft Voice. I like this. Uh, uh, it's The Still Soft Voice of Inner Wisdom uh, versus the fragmentation and all the crapola that yeah. occurs uh, in, in, instead of people as you've coming lived, into as, that. As you've studied this for your life and you've lived through the last 24 months, which in my opinion is the collapse of the American principles of the Enlightenment, what is your prediction? In the future, and I say this because well, I have a I have a niece who is six today, and I am terrified for her and her sisters. Mm. Yeah. Well, in 1989, it was a great prediction that occurred, and it was a great year. So I guess we'll go one way or the other. My my hope and prayer is we go in the direction of people learning about this. There's someone even uh, named John Voigt, who I'm trying to get in touch with, who actually had the experience himself with this still soft voice. It changed his whole life. He's a pretty conservative guy out west in yeah. California. Uh, so I'm very close to getting in touch with him. As soon as he sees this book, he'll realize, wow, he's not the only one who had this experience. Dr. So this Cliff, preview. I enjoyed your call. Hang on. Don't hang on. Okay. Thank you. Did I just drop him? Honey Bunny, see if, call back, Dr. Cliff. I want Honey Bunny to get your number. Uh, Jan, Florida. Hey. Hi, Jan. John, I really used to be in hi. I used to be in love with Jan Proft until I saw you on that uh, trailer for the far Dan sexier, Proft Rose. aren't I? Far sexier. Tell the world I'm much yeah. sexier than Dan Proft. Stress, he dresses yes, like Lori Lightfoot. Yes, you are. I'm down in Florida. This is the fifth time I've been down to Florida in five months because I can't stand it in Illinois. Yeah. But when they asked Katanji Brown Jackson about what a woman was, they should have rephrased the question and asked her what a black woman is. Maybe she would have known well, I, that. I hate because. those questions because I, I, I don't think there's, I, you know, I hate that. I do. But here's the thing. If you can't, as a woman, tell what a woman is proudly, then, exactly. you're, not proud, then you're not proud of yourself. I, my, my whole exactly. life, my, my closest relationship, and I'm not ashamed, you could call me any, my mother by far. I was raised by my mother, my grandma. These are the most important people in my life. I was so proud of my grandmother, her sister, her, her <laughs> aunts, and what they did and how they controlled and contributed and really were the, were the, 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 the matriarchs of the family. Women and all of, a sudden, all of a sudden, women are ashamed of that. And they're accepting the women idea by the scam artists that men can imitate them. It's a disgrace. And I appreciate the call, Jim. Stay down here. It's much better. Not just because of the weather. It has nothing to do with the weather. It's the principle of Americanism that only a few states now are willing to grab. Because as you see this so-called head of the Department of Education, I want you to go back and look at it. His name is Miguel Cardona. You can find it all over today. There should be a national outcry for the removal of this scoundrel who is touting all kinds of, of manipulation of your child. Well, let's talk for a minute about Title IX, and I know that your agency uh, is expected to soon release some rules around this issue, Uh, and of course, a hotly debated topic. I want to specifically ask you about 
the question of trans women in sports and um, there's obviously a lot of lot of discussion of this and lots of thoughts but what do you say to people who argue that it's not fair to cisgender mm-hmm. women who have to now compete against people who are biologically male such as in the Leah Thomas example you know I think every not I think I I, I know every student in our schools deserves an opportunity to engage in all aspects of schooling, including extracurriculars, whether it's a club or athletics. Um, And I know there's been a lot of conversation about specific cases, but... There was a time when men protected women. It was a time, and they didn't have to be ashamed of it. I was a father like that, I'm a husband like that, I was a son like that. The idea that men in this country, men... Of course, I don't know. I look at Cardona. I don't think he's much of one. Men want to expose women to this kind of intimidation, this kind of abuse. This is abuse. Making women compete against men. It's abuse. That's why the people who support this, they're not men. The men would reject it. But it's going to get harder and harder to decide who's who. Every major medical association agrees that gender-affirming health care for transgender kids is a best practice and potentially life-saving. So it'll be free for an adolescent to decide to have a sex change under this regime. This is an atrocity. It's an abandonment of right and wrong. But it does explain why you'd put a pedophile-friendly judge on the Supreme Court. 312-642-5600. AM 560. The answer. Thank God we're old. Thank God we're born before the country lost its damn mind. Lost its damn mind. I I, I told you the story, Squirrel Hands, when I was in Oak Park. And I, my daughter was a little girl, like my niece now. And she was. I took her to the bathroom. You know, you wait for them. No, I don't, I don't care. I saw the guy sitting there in his mom's clothes. I don't care. I, I'm entitled to my judgment, right? You look ridiculous, pal. Aside from that, you go ahead in your own delusion. I don't give a rip. He got up. He tried to go in the bathroom by my daughter. I said, listen, pal, stop clowning around. Use the men's room. And I'm supposed to care about his feelings more than my four-year-old watching some guy in a costume walk in the ladies' room? I don't think so, Marxist scum. Chuck and Dullivan. Hey. Thanks for letting me on your show. A uh, couple different things. I don't know why these girls, when they swim against that guy, I don't know why they don't just get up on the blocks, and then when they announce him and he gets there, when they say, ready, set, go, they just step down, let him swim in a pool by himself. Yeah, I like that. You know what else, Chuck? I, I, uh, my daughters were not – I never pushed my kids. I could give a rip about sports. I could give a rip. So, But I, my, you know, when they're little, they start with the, the, the soccer and the basketball, and I took them. I went to everything, brother. And you watch the kids mm-hmm. – who really take to it, and you watch how they live for it. They live for it. This is an insult to every single one of those girls. Not to mention their parents. I coached. I, Not to yeah, mention- I, I coached uh, bas- boys basketball for ten years. I coached girls basketball for ten years. I did twenty years between my two kids. I just let them do whatever they want. I didn't care. It was just a, an in-town league thing. I don't understand why there's no boyfriends and why there's no fathers to do a Tanya Harding to that guy. I don't understand it. There's no men anymore. But here's the problem. I don't I don't recommend violence, but I recommend what you first said. Stay out of it. Stay out of it. Go ahead. Because it's not women's sports anymore. It's not women's swimming anymore. Not a woman. Sorry. You could pretend. Go ahead. I like when you pretend. 
it's like a comedy show for me. Go ahead. Go right ahead. Put on your mom's costume. Six foot four, wingspan of a giant. You want to put on a girl's costume? Go ahead. We used to pay guys to do that back in my neighborhood. You could drink all night for free. You walk around in a lady's outfit. John, Lake Como, Wisconsin. Hey, you know, I like Chuck's idea with the pool. My idea was that when the... Uh... At the sound of the starting gun, every, all the girls just do a, a cannonball into the pool and start having a splash party. Let the pool do the thing. And then, I mean, you might as anyway, well. You might as well. Anyway, the, the, the game the, is the fixed. The point is that, you know what, American men like you and me, we are in control here. I got two grandchildren. I got one, eight, well, I got three, but two of them that are eight and six. I talked to them, and I showed them, and I showed them this guy and said and told them all about it. This guy pretends he's a girl. Look at him. Their yeah. reaction is, Oh, creepy. Yeah, so, and that's what kids should have the right learn. to react their they're way. They're going to learn. You will know the truth. You can't and, stop and the truth. John, I'm going to ask you something, because I don't know what you do for uh, a living, and I don't care. But when you watch this Cordona, this butter-handed pansy, talk about how he's proud of what he's doing to the education system. I want you to, I don't care what your job is, raise your kids, raise your grandkids, stay home, and you teach them. Because the only way you break this system is by not letting them cash in on your kid's name. See, that's the dirty little secret. Thank you for the phone call. The dirty little secret is it doesn't matter what you think. Once your kid's name is on that roster, they get paid, baby. So you want to break the roster? Because I want to break the roster. Then I think we should break the roster. You know, we have challenges, but I really look at them as opportunities. I I think the, the... disruption of education over the last couple of years really gives us an opportunity to build it better than it was before. They're building it in their vision of societal control of fascism, collectivism, and corrupt Marxism because they're making a fortune just like the sewer of Chicago. $28,000 a carjacker. $28,000. No matter what grades they get, no matter what they do, what they turn out to do, no matter how many people they shoot, 28,000 a kid just for have your name on the roster. It's time to break that. You break it by non-participation. That's how you break it. Keep your kids at home. Teach them yourself. They'll be smarter. You'll be better off, and they'll be able to identify what a woman is, which means they probably can't get on the Supreme Court. We'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. What made America... The youngest and the richest, the highest quality of life, is the idea of propertyism. It's called capitalism, but it's really propertyism. It's a simple yet complex concept that's been bastardized by the American Marxists. We now have an economic scheme, a Keynesian soiree of socialism and failure and subsidies, that although is touted as being civilized and helpful, is purposely built on destruction, in my opinion. I saw an article at the Mises Institute by William Anderson, destroying America to save it, Biden's nihilistic destruction of the energy industry. And when I saw it, I told Honey Bunny, get him. I'd like to speak to him. His resume is too lengthy. It will take up all of the interview. The most important thing to me is that he has met Murray Rothbard and Rothbard and Milton Friedman. Thank you so much, Professor William Anderson, for coming on. I so appreciate you coming on. 
Well, thank you for having me. I hope you're doing well. I am. I am. I'm frustrated because the it's obvious to me when you see the omnibus bills, when you see the spending, when you see the touting of creating jobs instead of the correct description of replacing what the government fascistically shut down. I'm very frustrated, but I also know the importance when you destroy and backdoor nationalize the energy industry. Yeah. It has to be intentional, does it not? I Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that uh, you're dealing with people who are, it's a very, very destructive time. This is a, this is something that really concerns me because it's a productive industry and we are take, we're trying, doing everything we can to destroy a productive industry and replace it with, frankly, an unproductive industry. And that is going to have severe consequences if they're able to succeed. And it seems to me that we should be able to expose the obvious fraud in the scheme by the modern-day Democrat, the scheme of yeah. you know, subsidizing industries that are built on lies, like the, the green energy, renewable energy. Why is it that so many Americans accept fraudulent information rather than simple reading, turning the page to page two, and you see that their answers are failures? Well, I think part of it is... Uh, there is that real fear about climate change. And what they're saying is that we've got to do this in order to, to save the planet. And we've been, my goodness, we've been beating that in the heads of, of kids now for the past 30 years. And, uh, you know, and, and people are, you know, they're, they're genuinely scared. And what they don't understand is that these prescriptions uh, that they're talking about are not going to make any kinds of changes. You know, I live in California, for example, and I can tell you that if everybody in California tomorrow started driving electric cars, it would not, uh, there would, there would not be any fewer, there would be no fewer, uh, wildfires and, uh, the drought would continue <laughs> and it would not bring an extra drop of rain. It would not bring cooler temperatures. That is one of the problems that, that people think that somehow we've got to do something. And so in the process of, of doing something, you end up destroying something. Professor, the, the, the agenda of, uh, I call them eco-Nazis. That's the only way I can describe it. But the agenda <laughs> has been so wrong for so many decades. I mean, you're talking decades. Their yes. scales of, of skewed data are paid for. The scandal that broke in East Anglia University of those mm -hmm. scientists corrupting the data spawned yes. numerous books, numerous books. Is it just so much, so long ago that these kids today are too ignorant to just look at the evidence? Well, I think it's more than that. I think one of the things that's happened has been that the progressives have really made this long, what we might call long march through our institutions. And the, the, you know, our institutions are what educate us, you know, how in society we hold things together. And what happens when the people who are now leading these actually are taking them apart? And or using them to promote an agenda that instead of making our lives better, it's going to make them worse. And I, I, I think that at, at some point, people, they don't know what to do. I mean, if you think about it, 
if you're watch if you are watching the news, if you watch nothing but mainstream news and read the New York Times, what would you think? You you would be surprised that there are any living people on this planet. You know that you know that, that they keep. You know, they keep talking about all these horrible things are going to happen, and when they don't happen, well, they're going to happen. They're going to happen, you know. And it's it's like, you know, it's like the guy walking around with the placard, "The world is going to end tomorrow." And each day, you know, he's you know, he's out there, and, and you know, the world's always going to end. It's just that uh, they're not very good at predicting it. And you know, after the collapse in two thousand and eight, um, there yeah. was that outcry by kids who were wrong in their in their solution they were probably ideological marxists and socialists but they were railing against the corrupt system and you know it was funny at that time i was still kind of involved in that system and their arguments were based in some realities and what they were railing against was corporatism i forgot the name of the organization you remember they had the masks and all the rest of it but um they were sitting out on the streets and protesting and I it kept was the, saying it, the Occupy movement. It was bingo. called the Occupy movement. Yeah. And but the Occupy movement had in its complaints the same complaints mm-hmm. that capitalists had: the corporatism, yeah. the government interaction with quasi banking, and you know backdoor nationalization of fraud. Why is it that those kids never wanted to look a little bit or, 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 or explore the real problem? And it's funny because their complaint is also their solution. Their solution is to turn to more government. Do you think that's going to be the solution of those people who are abused by the policies that have destroyed the greatest, most beautiful state in the country, California, your state? Do you think that yeah. they're frustrated with the corruption to a point they may look at that page too? You know, I, I don't know. You know, you'd like to think so. I mean, and even in San Francisco, you know, they recalled some of those uh, school board members and they're looking to recall the uh, the progressive George Soros prosecutor there. Uh, but the problem is that that once you have, you know, you know, the, the party, I mean, California is a one party state and it's very much uh run by the left you know it's it's and uh once they're in power it it they're they're almost impervious to what we would call real information or the truth they have a narrative and they are just going to jam it down people's throats and uh that's you know it's kind of curious to me though not okay like for example wash state of washington says no more gasoline uh powered cars to be sold in Washington after the year 2030. And California, I think that uh, they're, they're saying 2035. What actually happens when you get close to those deadlines and realize that if we stick to them, it is going to have disastrous results? And that's an interesting point, because what happens if the results become so disastrous that people revolt? Uh, and, you know, we're not at that point yet, but that's I wonder, or will they just double down on their mission and uh, and and use a lot of force? I mean, and I'm talking about really resort to a lot of violence in order to keep you know their mission going. I don't know. I mean, I that's yeah. you know, that's a good question, and I I don't have an answer to it. But I will tell you this. That if anybody really thinks that by 2035 we can be fully transitioned over to electric cars and renewable energy and all that, uh, 
why then, you know, I've got a volcano in Washington I'd like to sell. Yeah, and you know what, what? When you're talking, I'm thinking about the violence that was already perpetrated on the American citizen over the last 24 months. I mean, you're talking real violence. I guess it's what your description yes. of violence is. You were putting people yeah. under house arrest. They couldn't see their family members as they were sick or dying, and they couldn't go to school. You know, they couldn't go out of their house in, in in Illinois. I'm sure it was just as bad as California. But your resume is what interests me, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. Okay. There was is always opportunity normally in failure. The opportunity that we experienced under the, the movement of, of capitalism for the Reagan years yeah. really was, was the reason was the, the, the incorrect government control under the Carter years and before and all the things that led up to the Goldwater Revolution and, and the rest of it. Then in 81, you go to work and you're a professor in 81 and you see the boom that just that small implementation. And, you know, Reagan did some yeah. things wrong, but he did a lot of things right. That small implementation of capitalism, and it, that was an economic boom that lasted for 40 years. Yeah, I'm, I think you're right. Now, by the I'm, way, there is something, I'm going to throw a little monkey wrench in that, and that is that Jimmy Carter was involved strongly in the deregulation of, of transportation, including railroads. We went from having a third world system to having now the best freight railroad system in the world. Um, and uh, the... Uh, um, passenger air trucking, and also they started working on communications. They started de de deregulation of finance. Although That's under it wasn't the ideological, yeah, that was under Carter. All that went that Carter did more deregulation than Reagan. What Reagan was able to do, though, was that they had, in fact, Carter also appointed Paul Volcker at the Fed that. The the Reagan administration allowed a number of things to go on that a Democratic president would not have done, and uh, include especially in the area of finance and kind of giving capitalism a jolt, as it were. And also, you had uh, to just put it this way: the tech industry, as we know it, would not have been able to develop without the presidency of Ronald Reagan and the deregulation that Jimmy Carter. Uh, you know, help push along. So Carter actually, you know, it's not that he even takes credit for it. I mean, I'm not saying Carter was a great president. I'm saying that that he he actually pushed some some things through that ultimately contributed to you know to our prosperity. We would not have near the prosperity that we have now had we had the old regimes that existed before the Carter presidency. And um, and now, but I will tell you that you know there is there's nowhere in the Democratic Party now that they they bring back that regulation. If you could. Right. I mean, the New York Times is calling for re-regulation of trucking thing. No, you don't want that. No. And um, that uh, we did we had that window that window there about a little over forty years ago, and you know some people jumped through it, uh, but now oh my gosh, I mean that if you 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 know. Guy you know like I, Joe Biden? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, no. I mean, and you he, know why I wanted to have you on, too? Governor um, Youngkin, who the Republicans are oh, talking yeah. right? He just, yeah. signed a, he just signed a bill that would make AOC blush in supporting the green energy boondoggle on the oh, people. Gosh. So that bothers me. And, and you know, that's kind of one of yeah, when I was reading your When I was reading your article, you know, this is kind of our problem is this is a bipartisan agenda of 
refiguring the energy sector of our nation, which ironically is the is even though it's been under attack, is still the strongest sec- sector of it, and it's been under yeah. attack for a hundred years. If c- can it sustain? Ultimately, we have the right answer. It's American energy. Will it mm-hmm. outlive the fascism we're going to experience over the next three years? I hope so. I mean, I, I have to admit, I get awfully nervous because, uh, you know, especially you've got, you got Biden governing from the left and uh, the, uh, and he just, he's hell bent on destroying an industry. And you've got to understand something. It's not just the regulatory stuff that you see. It's also getting the banks. They've been, been pressuring the banks and, and you know, and, and the financial sector not to make loans to the into the you know gas and oil industry. Yeah. What they're trying to do is starve them of capital. I mean, this is disastrous. Uh, I mean, and uh, that's another reason why your energy prices are going up because they have made it very clear that they do not. They want the supply of oil and gas available for consumption to dwindle. They want it to shrink this supply, and so. And at the that same, is going to raise raise prices at the present. At the same time, they fight wars on behalf of countries to strengthen their energy production and their energy supply. It's, oh, I know. It's a duality yeah. that I find sickening and fascinating, and I'm hoping sooner or later the American people will wake up to it. I could talk to you for hours. I mean it, Professor Anderson, but I did go long. I, I hope you come back. I really enjoy your work. Please keep it up. It can be well, found at uh, Mises.org. Really, thank you I so much for that. coming out. Thanks for having me. Anytime. He's Professor William Anderson. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. AM560, the answer. Did I hear Richard Irving's not afraid of Pritzker's money? Sure, he's got Ken Griffin's money. What Richard Irving's afraid of is a question of who he voted for for president in 2020, this scumbag. Uh, Don in Bloomingdale. Sean, I always say you can uh, disagree with gravity, but. Uh... If you step off a high place, it impacts your life. These <laughs> leftists can they, can, they can do anything they want to try and get us off fossil fuels, but in, in the end, the reality is it can't be done. It just can't be done. And no. they don't want to use nuclear. So, so they're they going to have deceive. to realize it. But guess, they can deceive 60% of the country. That's what they are doing. Yeah, and, and, you know, yeah, you're seeing, it, you're seeing an onslaught. Well. You know, it's funny to me. And nobody is bringing up this, this, this point when we talk about Saudi Arabia, when we talk about our occupation in Syria, when we talk about our war with Yemen, when we talk about Iran, when we talk about Iraq, we talk about Libya. None of it comes to fruition, to the, to the front of, of the topic. None of it. In Ukraine. Nobody's talking about the open and notorious bribery. Nobody's talking about the solution of the U.N., which is to sell what? Everybody else's natural gas and oil. I'm telling you, there's yep. a lot of stupid people out there who watch news. <laughs> and that's our problem, brother. We call them the Democrat base or Republicans like Irving who vote for Democrats. Thank you very much, Don. That's- Appreciate the call. Jill and Moni. Hi, Jill. Hi, Sean. Hi, Sean. How are you? Wonderful. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I love your show. I love your energy. Thank I you. only have one question. Do you think that Ukraine is not getting those planes because of Biden's connection to China and Russia that he can't do it? I think that 
Ukraine is getting exactly what it needed from bribing Hunter Biden. I think that China is getting exactly what it needed from bad decisions of this administration, from bribing Joe Biden and the crime family. I think Russia, ironically enough, is getting what it wanted from bribing Hunter Biden. I think this is going down exactly the way those people who want to dethrone America's exceptionalism, I think it's working. I think the the apparatchik of collectivism in the Joseph Robinette Biden dimwit in diaper administration is doing exactly what it was bribed to do. What do you think about that? Uh, sounds good. Do you think that they will ever get caught? They were elected after they were caught. I don't think it matters. Thank you very much, Jill. I know it's depressing, but there are good states. Go to high ground. Go to high ground. Sell the losers. Take the money out of the losers and buy something in one of the states. If you can't go to high ground, hedge yourself. Make sure your kids, your grandkids can go to high ground. That's the answer. Greg and LaGrange, we don't have a lot of time, but go ahead. Hey, how you doing? Trust Anderson was great. But the end result in what he talked about, when you're talking about rising costs of energy, you're talking about people suffering, people passing on, because yeah. you need that energy to heat home. Yeah. And I'm that, sorry, wearing a, uh, wearing a sweater doesn't cut it. That's what happens he, under I Democrat think, rule. People suffer. The, the quality of life shrinks. This is what happens when Democrats are in power in anywhere. You know this, Greg. Pick your a, a municipality, know. a county, a state. This is what they do. And, you you know, 81 million living, dead, citizens, non-citizens, ballot-harvested votes. Put this dementia patient in diapers in the, in the White House. And it's embarrassing. It's humiliating. And we are paying the, the ramifications. That's why, Greg. Real quickly, Sean. Anybody who voted Real for quickly. it, I don't want nothing to do with it. Go ahead. Real quickly. And, and now they're getting cell phones. So you can locate them. So when they have their court appearance, they'll show up. They're getting cell phones so they'll remember who gave them to them. They're That's getting well. They're lured exactly. over with well. I don't blame oh, I the people. Know. I don't blame the people. This is not the people. Do I not, agree. Do not fall into the trap. I blaming I those poor yeah. souls who were lured here by the Biden crime family because what they understand is you give a little money, you get a lot of loyalty. After all, you've I, got a president in the White House that's destroying America to China, Russia, Ukraine, and everybody else that bribed this bastard. Thank you very much for the call. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. I'll be back. AM 560, The Answer. I think what's frustrating is how fast it can all be turned around. Very frustrating. We have the answers. It's principles. Those are what we don't have anymore. Kevin, Austin, Texas. Sean, not only is it principles, it's taking action on your principles. Did you see uh, some of the re- election results from up in Wisconsin that happened I, last Tuesday? Inspire me. Oh, I will inspire you. I hope. Uh, first of all, uh, shout out to my brother Danny because he likes to call me and bother me when I call into you. Right. Um, anyhow, so in Kenosha County, which is where you remember the with the Black Lives Matter riots sure, sure. and all that jazz. Yeah. So they've been under Democratic control for the last 24 hours. This is a county executive. That's kind of like the president of the Cook County Board voted in a Republican for the first time in 24 years. Do you know how they did that? How? They got involved locally, the precinct level. All right, this is and good. They worked, this is exciting. And they worked hard. 
They worked hard. It is very exciting. That should be an inspiration for everybody who's listening to this. As long as it's not one of those Irving Republicans. Because if it's one of those Republicans that voted for Joe Biden in the last election, he's not really a Republican. So as long as they're a Republican. It took took years and years and years to become this Democrats going to hold on it. It's going to take a while to get out of it. But every little kink in the armor. Yeah, is, is is something that's going to help, and you're going to get focused on. All right, buddy down the street, he's a teacher. While well, he's voting for that because his pension's involved, all those little stories, and then you can change the narrative. I think it's very exciting. Very. So in, in now, far. tell me a little bit about Austin, Texas, because that's that's a Democrat stronghold. Is there any positive afraid, uptick there? Well, I live in a suburb, uh, Cedar Park, and uh, they've got a lot of money from California coming in, and they're trying to 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 slowly take over, uh, the liberals are. And, yeah. and they have, you know... You I'm go the out, liberal. You just the I'm the liberal. we got to stop doing that, the fascists. I'm a liberal. I don't want to tell anybody to do anything. I don't want to force anybody to do anything. I don't want to take... No, I'm a libertarian. Yeah, I'm a libertarian, you know. I, 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 know I, I If you're going to do what you're going to do, that's fine. But, you know, for me in my house, I'm going to... I'm going to yeah. be a good, I try to be a good, strong husband and father and those types of things. I've got two daughters. I know you've had daughters. You try, you want to get a good education, inspire them. Uh, I lied know. to my, I lied to my daughters today, you know, on my one daughter, she wanted to go to the Cubs game. You know, we got the, the I have access yeah. to tickets, you know, and I said, Oh no, 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 I sold the tickets. And she's like, you did what I go, but I'm going to give you the money. I actually bribed her to just stop talking about the Cubs game. Cause she just happens to be in town for like three days. And I'm like, just, I just got to keep her safe for three days. Get her the hell out of that sewer. So what are you so, going to yeah. do besides the Cubs game? Uh, I believe I, she's going to do online shopping and wait for her flight to come and join me and her mother down here. That's what I'm hoping, um, but we'll That's see. Got to get her out of that sewer. Right. Thank you very much, Kevin. Appreciate the call. And um, it's important to understand what kind of a Republican you're voting for. See, because I don't want to vote in the Mitt Romneys, the Bushes. I don't want to vote them in because they're the problem. They're the people who pose themselves as the answer to our problems. And yet double down on stupid and create them. And if you thought you were done with the Bushes, oh, no, 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 no. This time they're running under a race card Bush, which I find to be extremely funny. Because I don't care what race a Bush is. That's a corrupt American oligarch from way back, way back to the friendly, to the Nazi Prescott Bush. All the way up to the new Spanish-speaking Bush. That's a family you want to stay the hell away from. Recently, Governor Greg Abbott said he thought the first Latino governor of Texas would be a Republican and that he or she would be elected soon. Do you think that you might be the one to pick up that mantle? Well, I'm not one to talk about political future. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I've been now in my in the month nine uh, of this campaign and um, my wife and kids may have something else to say about future campaigns. <laughs> you notice how all the Bushes used to say that? It's all what my wife and kids want. This is George P. Bush. The P, I'm going to guess, stands for Prescott Bush, which if you haven't looked up this scoundrel, he makes Joe Kennedy look like an altar boy. And he's the Republican answer to the problems, huh? Vote for another George P. Bush. George Bush, George W., George H. I don't care what the middle initial is. It's the same crime syndicate. Vote for them, I dare you. I'm focused on on this one right here, right now. Uh, but I do agree with the point that the governor makes, that for the Republican Party to succeed, we, we've got to continue that message. And I would never advocate changing our conservative ideas or positions to get votes like the left does to politically appeal shamelessly 
Man, he's got that swindle, that lipstick on a BS salad, doesn't he? It's almost something to watch. This kid's in his 20s. That's, he's, a, he's been groomed since he was in diapers. Ironically, Biden's in diapers now. Get votes. I believe the conservative message succeeds in, in Texas. And so with you, when you look at March 1... And- the best is they're from Maine. And they, after the CIA, he just, boom, I got an oil company. Now we're from Texas. And the Texans buy it. And he's going to win. There's no question about it. My primary, I actually carried a lot of those counties south of San Antonio, heading towards the border he, from Cameron County, Hidalgo County, Star over to Webb and Laredo. And it's because of border insecurity and spending a lot of time in the community communicating in Spanish and English conservative ideas. And so, yeah, lying through your caps. That's what you've been doing, kid. But you're a Bush. It's all you know how to do. In the meantime, I hope, I hope somebody remembers exactly what the Bush family has done to this country. Teresa on the Gold Coast. Hi, Sean. Uh, You know, I've been thinking about um, some of this stuff for a long time, and I can't figure it out, but I think a lot of people uh, in America are weak-minded. I really do. I think, you know, if if someone tells them to go north, they're going to go north. If they tell them to go south, they're going to go south. I really don't think they think things through that that well i don't i i you know i i have to tell you it's astonishing how many people parrot not just policies yeah. but principles yeah that destroy right. their own life i mean just look exactly at chicago. just look at chicago it's truly something to behold and then you have the, the the democrats and the republicans for that matter they have this legacy voting thing so that if you have the yeah. same name as a name you're used to it's like a comedy skit you just say, oh, yeah. okay. I mean, it's just, it's a tragedy. And if we continue to do this, if we continue to vote for Republicans who are really part of the machine politics, the real problem, if, if Illinois, yeah. I'm, I'm, it's really interesting to see what's going to happen in that sewer state. If Illinois puts forward as the Republican nominee this fraud Joe Biden voter, Irving, yeah. that's a telltale yep. sign. I think you got two guys in that race. I have my favorite, and I make no bones about it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I yep. think you have two guys. If it's not one of those two guys, you got a big problem. That's you got a big problem. Yeah. So thank you very much, Teresa. I appreciate the call, as usual. Craig in Mount Greenwood. Hey, Sean. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. You know, it's come up a number of times. Uh, Bill mentioned how the heck these uh, dumb rats could be so evil and rotten and everything, and just make the decisions of lying and scheming, like with this. Uh, justice, uh, so on and so forth, everything. But uh, all the different things they do and just, just to destroy families, destroy lives, destroy children, and all that stuff. Well, here's the thing: these are these are beings or pe- like I don't even call them people. They're like uh, some kind of beast that are gangsters. You got to call them what they are, Craig. And I'm going to help you with this because I want you to think back about the tragedies you've seen throughout history created by gangsters. Why do they do it? Why would a guy? Commit the kind of atrocities that man creates on other men. Two answers, money and power. That's it. It's the same answer all through time. Why would they do it? Because look at what the Bush family, for example. They're going to put forward another Bush. It's irrelevant that this kid's, what, what his capabilities are. He's a Bush, so he's going to walk in to be a congressman. And then you know what the next step is? He'll be a senator. Or maybe he'll leapfrog and be a governor. And it won't be long. And you're going to see that name on a presidential candidate because they've amassed billions of money. But aside from the money, it's the power. 
Saudi royal family and the Bush kids played together for generations. You're talking oligarchs, the same system I'm trying to, to walk away from in this former Soviet Union. It, the real problem is it's here in this country. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. AM560, the answer. I'm having fun. So I, I referred to the two candidates running for Illinois governor. My pick is, is Gary Rabine. I, I don't mind Bailey, but my pick is Gary Rabine. If it isn't one of these two, I think it's over with. Why do I say that? Because Democrats are the problem. Did you know from Jan Schakowsky to Dingle, women, Democrats, who are in there because they ran as women, Democrats. Those are the character characteristics. Their knowledge, their intelligence, nothing. Dingle is my favorite. She was the trophy wife of John Dingle. And for her qualifications, she is now a birthing person, ex-birthing person. I'm guessing she's post-menopausal. Doesn't mean she's not paying for it. She's got Obamacare. But she, her voting record is the problem with the country. Every single turn, she's voted to harm this country. You concede that, that Democrats have some responsibility uh, for, for put, putting us more dependent on, on foreign countries. I, I talked about it yesterday with, with another uh, one of your colleagues, and I mentioned some of the comments from, from your colleagues. It says, will you commit to matching your European counterparts in reducing the production of oil? Are you committed to lowering the production of oil in the United States to where the Paris Accords say so? Is it a yes or no? We point out that, that 26 uh, Democrats signed on um, to a bill or, or, or co-authored a bill that, that would uh, ban fracking and ban the export of, of oil parts. Did you sign on to that as well, Congresswoman? I don't, I don't know which one it is. I do not believe that I have, but I could be wrong on that. So there's been a lot of things there. I'm spending a lot of time trying to... I was busy. I was doing my hair. I had lipstick running. I don't know if I voted to destroy the oil industry. I have no idea. But what I do know is... Oil executives are before Congress, and now, like this Democrat scumbag Ruiz, Ruiz, whatever, he too voted for the eco-Nazism that's destroying the quality of our life. He's going to lecture now, oil CEOs, of what they must do. In my district last week, I saw prices between $5.49 and $6.40 a gallon. You know why, stupid? Because in California... $2 of it is taxes, you fracking moron. Fracking is a double entendre. And yes, it's because of these Democrats' scourge. These prices are outrageous, and my Ooh. constituents are struggling at the pump and struggling to make ends meet. Now, if only your constituents could read or say the word ask, they might figure out you're the problem with the gas prices. I hear from constituents who tell me how the outrageous gas prices are putting everything out of reach. They tell me that they're struggling to afford the gas just to go to work. I'm curious, on your salaries, do any of you have trouble affording the gas to get to your job? How about you, scumbag, with your gas cards? Oh, and it's your staff that gets them too. Yes, it is. It's a Trevor treasure trove of corruption. But you're mad at the guys who work at the oil companies, huh? See, the real one percenters are these scum that have destroyed the quality of life for the citizens called representatives. They're the one percenters. They're the inside traders. They're the ones. Nancy Pelosi, even with her COVID, how's her portfolio doing? 
You don't have to check on it. It's doing better than yours. I didn't think so. BP America is realizing savings because the price of crude is going down now. So you're saving money on that end. Isn't it the patriotic thing to do to pass that savings along to your customers? Do you know what it costs to refine? Do you even know what the word refine means? Do you know what the logistic cost is, you stupid son of a dog? You just know how to break things. You don't know how to fix them. You know why? You're Democrats. That's all you know how to do. Destroy. Take a look at those sewers you rule over. Now you've got control of my country because of ballot harvesting. We'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. It's important to have perspective when we discuss America. Americanism, propertyism, referred to as capitalism. I want you to understand that from 1929 to 1975, 46 years, gas fluctuated 11 cents, remained under 50 cents. Inflation, it's been called a tax. It's been called policies of the Fed. It's really the ramifications of bad political decisions and political policies. I wanted to bring on Dr. Michael Bussler. He is a Ph.D., a public policy analyst, economics expert, professor of finance at Stockton University in New Jersey. He's been featured all over the place, but more importantly, I've spoke to him before, and I truly enjoy talking to him. Dr. Michael Bussler, thank you so much for making time. How are you? I'm very well, Sean. Thanks for having me. As you know, it's my pleasure to be here. You know, um, we're inundated with buckshot of bad policy ramifications, and it becomes overwhelming. And as uh, American citizens, you're living um, in your own life. But when government makes decisions to steal years and years of it, it seems to be a problem. So what, in your opinion, will be the ramification of inflation, of the war in Ukraine, of the so-called sanctions on Russia, which feel a lot more like sanctions on me? What do you think it's going to last? What are your time frames here? Well, let's start at the beginning, and you bring up a very good point. All of this inflation so far, everything that's been uh, stated and all the numbers, all the inflation is a result of bad government policy. Now, why do do I say that? Um, The Biden administration, the Federal Reserve, too, will tell you that the inflation was caused by disruptions in the supply chain. And they said last year, as soon as the supply chain disruptions are fixed, inflation will go away. It's transitory or temporary, they said. Now, that didn't, didn't happen. Uh, beginning last July, the economy in total is producing at the same level it was producing before the pandemic. We're now producing about 2% more than before the pandemic. So in total, the inflation is not caused by supply chain disruptions. Now, if you're looking at imported goods, because we can't unload the ships, there's some inflation. If you're looking at products that use computer chips because there's a shortage or some inflation. But most of the inflation, as you correctly point out, is due to government policy. So what policy? First of all, Biden said 
He got into office and he, he said, I want to wean the country off of fossil fuels. So he canceled the Keystone Pipeline, uh, withdrew permits to drill on federal lands, withdrew permits to drill in Anwar off the coast of Alaska, and he made the, the uh, he increased the regulations. That reduced the supply of energy, and when you reduce supply, when demand is increasing, the price is going to go up. And gasoline went up about 50% before the Russian in, uh, invasion of Ukraine. So energy policy, Biden's energy policy. Secondly, Biden paid people not to work. Um, and he gives, gave out a bunch of free money for all the stimulus. People got unemployed. They got extra money. Uh, he increased welfare. So he paid people not to work. And as a result, people, even though we're producing more today, we're doing it with about a million and a half fewer fewer uh, workers. To lure these workers back, businesses had to raise wages. You say, well, that's good for uh, employees. Their wages are going up, but it means labor cost for business goes up, and they have to recover that in the price. So that's wage inflation, reason number two. Reason number three, the federal government has spent nearly $6 trillion more than they brought in in tax revenue in the last two years. In the $22, $23 trillion annual economy, that's pure inflation. And fourthly, the Federal Reserve has maintained a shockingly irresponsible monetary policy. When we had inflation flaring up last year, they should have uh, stopped the bond buying program and started to raise interest rates. They didn't do it. And as a result of that, that led to the uh, much of the inflation. So as you correctly point out, government policy uh, caused energy inflation, wage inflation, huge deficit spending, and a loose monetary policy. That's really what caused most of the inflation we have today. Now it's going to get a little worse because um, Putin invaded Ukraine. Uh, so that is going to reduce some of the, because of the sanctions we put on, it's going to reduce some of the energy available in the world market. That'll drive prices up higher. And what I'm really afraid of is um, Russia and the Ukraine supply large amounts of wheat and grain to the world, and they won't be able to produce that since they're fighting a war. Um, and that's going to drive food prices up. Not so much here, although we'll see it here, but mostly in poorer countries like Africa and parts of Asia, they're going to see some real jumps in, in food prices. And you know what else it feels like to me? It feels like um, our enemies, philosophical enemies of communism and Marxism and socialism and oligarch kleptocracy like Chicago, they're winning in this whole thing because okay. we're unprepared. Fertilizer is another big problem. Food is another big exactly. problem. I mean, this could get... Exactly. This could get terrible because we are at a at a point that we've never been at. And it seems to me like that movie Perfect Storm, where when you get yeah. the so-called cure by the Federal Reserve, seems to me to be devastating to those people who are not very, very wealthy because they're the only ones that can, can afford this kind of political incompetence. And you're eating up the middle class. And in the meantime, the, the answer is welfare. And aren't you really destroying our currency with your moronic monetized debt? It's exactly right. So um, because the, the Federal Reserve didn't do anything, now inflation is a big problem. They're going to have to take very aggressive action. And the aggressive action is they're going to have to start raising interest rates 
significantly. Um, I expect interest rates next year at this time to be about two, two and a half percent higher than they are now. Now, the danger is, um, which happened back in 1981 when we had a real bad inflation problem, if you raise interest rates too fast and too much, you could take too much demand out of the economy, and that leads to a recession. Um, and now you're going to start to hear economists beginning now and over the next couple of months start to talk about a recession by the, the end of the year. You also bring up an excellent point. Who really gets hurt by inflation? It's senior citizens on fixed incomes because the prices go up and they can't don't have any income to uh, uh, pay the higher prices, so they have to buy fewer goods and services. They see a reduction in standard of living. So people on fixed incomes and, pe- and low-income people get clobbered by inflation. It's a horrible thing. Uh, Ronald Reagan used to call it a cancer uh, in, on society yeah. to have uh, a high inflation rate. And um, because the government caused it and because they were very uh, late coming to the to uh, try to bring the inflation rate down. Now we're in a very difficult situation since the uh, Putin action is going to make in- worldwide inflation worse, and it likely will lead to that uh, recession by the end of this year. And there's no reason that that had to happen. And you know, doctor, the cure is always the truth. We could fix this very quickly, but the reality is we have a government. I'm reading, you know, and I'm reading your article, and we're we're going through the, the uh, statistics from the uh, Bureau of Labor. In my opinion, yeah. they're pathological. This is a a, a a fraud on the American people. The way that they've renegotiated the so-called CPI. It's not realistic for people who are feeding their kids and working very diligently and paying massive increases in both. VAT taxes, called sales taxes, that increase as the price increases. It's the double taxation of of bad policy. But if we're not going to tell the truth to each other, then we're not going to fix the problem. And the whole thing is time. Is there a movement, in your opinion, by economists, by, by think tanks, to say, look, stop giving us the frauded numbers, and maybe they could really release the correct numbers. And inflation isn't growing at 7% year over year. If you were to include the basic necessities of, of life itself, I think you could argue it's 15%. And maybe if they did that, that we could kind of correct it. Do you think that that's a possibility? Um, I'm not sure it's going to be a possibility, but you bring up a, a, a good point. The, the Federal Reserve makes the problem look uh, not as bad as it truly is, and for a few reasons. Number one, the the um, the best measure uh, that they use, I don't know if it's the best we can get, but it's the best measure they use is the consumer price uh, index. And that takes a look at um, consumers buy a certain level of goods every month, and then they, uh, the government buys the same goods next month and sees how much the prices have gone up, and that's the consumer price index. The Federal Reserve uses what they call personal consumption expenditure, PCE. What's the difference? They say if the price of beef goes up, you won't buy uh, four pounds of uh, steak in, in a month. You'll cut back to three pounds yes. and you'll substitute with fish or uh, chicken. So they they put out this personal consumption expenditure, which is lower than the consumer price index because they say you'll re- react to the uh, inflation by cutting back on your lifestyle. So it's not really a measure of inflation. Their number is a measure of 
uh, how they expect consumers to react to inflation. The real number, the consumer price index, as you point out, may be understated because they don't really include everything that they should include in there. But, Dr. Bussler, did you ever think you'd live? And I mean this because you're a historian, you're a professor, you've yeah. studied this for your whole <laughs> life. Did you ever think you'd live in a time when the American people would bring on um, oil executives like you're seeing over the last couple of days and openly discuss forcing them to do something, to produce something, to take a loss. Um, I feel like we're regressing, and this is really the goal for backdoor nationalization of the most important industry in the world, the energy industry, which only lives where it's supposed to be government hands-free in America. It's all these other despots around the world that steal their natural resources and nationalize them. At this point of what you're witnessing, does this not seem to be the goal of the American Marxists? Um, it looks like it, it is the goal. I haven't seen anything like this since the late 1970s when oil was, was going up and we were really a victim because we weren't producing much of our own. We had a, uh, we were at the, the hands of uh, OPEC. You know, they, they brought in the uh, oil execs yesterday, I guess, to testify in front of Congress, and they said to the uh, ExxonMobil CEO, how much money did, are, are you going to make this year? And he said, well, we'll probably make about $22 billion. And they said, well, isn't that ridiculous? You're making all, the, all that money and, and you're price gouging? And they said, yeah, but we lost $23 billion last year as a result of uh, the economy getting shut down and uh, not recovering. And then they said, well, aren't you price gouging? The, the reality is th th there really is no such thing as price gouging. No. Price gouging is when the market price is much higher than you think it should be. And why is that? So the government sets up policy where it's not profitable to produce a lot of gas and oil. So I say, look, the, the price of gas is uh, $3.50 a gallon. It's only profitable for us because you cut off the, uh, where we can drill on the profitable lands. You added all these regulations. Uh, you told banks not to lend to us anymore. So it's only profitable to uh, produce 100 uh, gallons of gasoline at a price of 350. Well, because they've stimulated demand in the economy, 200 people show up to buy the 100 gallons of gas. Well, how do you decide which hundred to sell to? You simply raise the price until some people drop out of the market, and you get a high market equilibrium price. So what you call what they refer to as price gouging is simply a situation where the total demand is greater than the supply. How do you fix it? You encourage business to increase supply, not by releasing gas out of the uh, strategic reserve, but by reversing the, the uh, executive orders that Biden put in. Let them uh, open up the, the Keystone Pipeline. Had he not stopped it last January, 900,000 barrels a day would be flown through there today. Yeah, You can't drill on federal lands anymore. Well, it's profitable to drill on the federal lands. There's plenty of oil there, but he restricted su supply there. The same thing uh, in uh, the Anwar in Alaska. So if you want to really increase supply, reverse everything you did, 
let the free market system work the way it's supposed to work. There'll be plenty of gas for everybody, and we'd be able to stabilize prices. This, the, the most aggravating thing for me is that they're ignoring what we found from 2003 to 2012. We have oceans and oceans and oceans of oil. That's right. just that light, sweet, crude. But we have so much natural gas, so much in this country natural that gas. is only 6% developed. Yet I have to listen to these pathological liars tell the people of the country that the problem is um, oil executives. It is infuriating to me, and I'm wondering what the conversation of the American thinker is. Do you, do you have faith in the generations, the spoiled brat generations that have been born past the, the 70s, past the 80s, that are just inundated with this fraud from their government? And they get this entitlement mentality. They think they're entitled to things. They think the government is supposed to give them things. You know, um, I, I, I was trying to find out why so many people are not going back to, to work. So I, I talked with some people that are, you know, 24, 25, 26. I said, listen, you were laid off two years ago. Why aren't you going back to work? And they said to me, well, I got unemployed. They, my state paid me unemployment compensation. They increased from 13 weeks to 26 weeks to 39 weeks to, 52 weeks, uh, and then the federal government added $600 a week in the beginning on top of what I was collecting from the state. I saw a study that said two-thirds of the unemployed people are making more money being unemployed than yeah. when they were uh, working. So I said to these kids, well, look, why don't you go back to work now? I said, you know, I've still got plenty of money. I have all this money the government gave me plus the stimulus money, and you know what? I haven't paid my rent in two years on my apartment either, and there's a moratorium, so they couldn't uh, uh. evict me, and I have student loans, but there's a moratorium on that, too, so I haven't paid uh, my student loans, and you know what? Just yesterday, they extended the moratorium until uh, August. They told me, look, I like this. I don't have to work. The government's yeah. giving me money. I've got a great lifestyle. I'm going to stretch this out as long as I can. It's like the Soviet Union, only instead of vodka, they're going to do marijuana. Dr. Michael Bustler, <laughs> the American thinker, I can't wait to play gin with you in the re-education camps. It was so nice <laughs> talking to you. Thank you so much. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. AM560, the answer. I'm looking up Aurora safety. 53% of cities are safer in Illinois. All right, that ain't good. Go ahead. Go for that dummy. I dare you. Furlan, Southside. You know what? After listening to that interview, Sean, I got one comment. Wow. I feel like a sucker. And, and you know what else? They're, they have a Trump card, no pun intended. They're yep. going to wait till about August, right before the election, and they're planning on uh, forgiving all student loans. That's yep. going to be their like their gimmick. Well, this is a society that lives on that favored class, right? The special interest are the people who they can use as their base voter by telling them they're victims, but not explaining they're victims of voting for Democrats. It's worked, man. You know this. You know this. It's worked. So you've got people beaten down. They continue to get beaten down, and they're too demoralized to look at the very problem is the people they've been supporting. It's a hard thing to do, right? I mean, you, you hear 99% of hosts come out and say, vote Republican. How many guys you hear right after they run a commercial with Ken Griffin's money on my show, I come out and tell you what a fraud Irving is? How many, how many radio hosts you hear do that? So it's easy. Listen, you want to do talking point radio, that's some easy stuff to do. I choose not to do it because it's not about parties with me. It's about the principle. And if we're going to change things, we've got to get the principles back. It's the best for all men, for all women. 
No matter what the color, no matter what the religion, it's about getting best and back to the strongest, richest country and the youngest. And we did it on simple principles. It wasn't until you started electing mafia members as Democrats that you destroyed the quality of life. What do you think? You, and, and you know what else? And you know what else, Sean? Uh, mentioning that guy, Richard Irvin, I already didn't like him. But now that he wants to play identity politics, uh, people, they, they're, not, they're only scared of people that look like me and think like us. How could you he come out really with a race card? The ne- you're, you're, you're supposedly Man. a Republican and you're throwing a race card down in your commercials? You know why? Because he couldn't answer the question when asked by a reporter, who'd you vote for in 2020? Because he's a fraud. And if you voted for Biden, you wear that loser label, even with Ken Griffin's wallet in your back pocket. Thank you, Verlon. I look forward to listening to you on Saturday. Uh, John in Palatine. Hey, Sean. Uh, how's it going? Good. Listen, uh, one thing that kind of really burns me up is this uh, Richard Irvin guy. I mean, you know that uh, I've been involved with uh, politics in the uh, in Northwest suburbs a lot. And everybody and all of my friends, we know... We know the uh, Gary Rabines and uh, and Darren Bailey's, but this Richard Irvin is, is just a complete and utter fraud, and I don't know why uh, Ken, Ken uh, Griffin is uh, trying to force this fraud down our throats. I don't think it's him. I think he's been swindled. But that being said, I'd love to hear somebody ask him that. I'd love to hear Ken Griffin's answer of why he gave Richard Irving and the corrupt Illinois Republicans $20 million. I'd love to hear that. And I'd like to know if he's stupid enough to give him more. That's the real question, John. I appreciate it. But now we have a quick message from Oprah. We'll discuss that and more after this. AM560, the answer. Nice. I think I walked into a few taverns at this song. Uh, I like that Mike Gallagher's little promo where he says that what biden is uh needs a cheat sheet i think he should change tweak it a little bit we for once in this country's history we have the only president who's capable of hiding his own easter eggs what do you think squirrel hands you like that one all right i did i thought it was good i heard it the other day i stole it john bridgeport hello yes hi john yeah hey sean yeah here's the deal i got this total solution for all the leaker students that don't want to pay their bills Basically, you have the college they went to pay it. So since the government's taken over the, the handling of that, they pay the government. And, you know, so, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. So the, John, the, I'm not sure. Uh, they didn't get that rich by writing checks, brother. Yeah, but that's the thing. that That's what they have to do. I mean, that's. Oh, I would love know. that. What's the endowment of these colleges, by the way? I would they love that. That's not, about, that's not about the colleges doing the right thing or the kids who borrowed the money doing the right thing. This is about the government buying votes. That's what this of is course. about. Why do you think Barack Obama, Chicago's very own Olinsky-like mafia member, dumbest president up until now, why do you think he usurped and stole that entire industry so he could bribe the college students? This is the game. It's how you, you get the union support. You bribe them. You pay them right. back for their contributions. It is a pay-to-place game. I believe it's called the Chicago Way, John. You know that. Come on, you're in Bridgeport for But God's you know, sake. if enough Republicans that really had any guts i don't think it takes that much guts said no no we're not gonna have the taxpayers pay it the schools can why they're not the scam 
like like the Illinois Republicans, you know, the ones with the video game poker slot machines and the dispensary for marijuana. And they're all in on the same BS scams with the same guidos that are swallowing bar stools at Tom's Steakhouse with their ass. You know, the guys. Thank you very much, John. Yeah. We all know the same guys. All right. Alan Rosemont's going to tell me why he's voting for Richard Irving. Hi, y'all. Well, first of all, I would like to, I just want to say, Sean, you are awesome. You need to be syndicated tonight at 8 o'clock. Yeah, okay, as I feel. But, but, but we do differ. Uh, uh-huh. We're going to vote for Irving, number one. Number two, what will make you think we will put Rayvine in position to repave the roles that we've already repaved? That's number two. Number three, you're coming home from Florida. And no. three years, you're going to have 16 hurricanes a year. No, no, I don't, buy, I don't buy a word of that. But let me ask you something. <laughs> I, I, let me ask you a question. Aren't you, aren't you um, insulted by the fact that he would consider himself a Republican when he voted for Joe Biden in 2020? And furthermore, aren't you curious to know about that Chinese strip mall in Aurora or the lie that Aurora is somehow some utopia rather than an example of another city that's being engulfed by political failure? Well, if we can listen to John Anthony and Berlin, who are rhinos uh, to all degrees, then we can entertain Irvin. I don't know. I don't know if the answer for the accusation that they're a rhino is that we, is that we should be one too. But I'll tell you what. I like they, the energy. They are rhinos. I like the energy, and I look forward to meeting you. But I, I will say this: we, we as, love you. Oh, thank you very much. Al. I appreciate that very much. But I will say this: I I don't know. Uh, I don't know what it feels like to be insulted by a candidate who thinks that his race is a qualification. I find that offensive. I find it offensive when Democrats do it. I find it repulsive when Republicans do it who are supposed to know better. So for him to come out on a commercial and say, who look like me, you're insulting everybody. But here's the thing. You and I both know the reason he's in this position is because they poll tested the naivete of the Illinois rhino. And I will not support that. But I support you. Thank you for the call, Al. Dominic Glendale Heights. Yes, I lost a cousin this weekend because I asked him his level of stupidity for voting Democrat. But what threw him over the edge was I asked him what other talents he had. That's that really got to him. You know, <laughs> listen, Dominic. I I say it. I I'm talking lifelong friends and some family. I no longer will have anything to do with them because here it's really quite simple. These are not Democrats that are dis- discussing nuances of policy. This is an American mafia, corrupt through and through. If I don't care how you can't see it, but number one, they're practicing fascism. They're coercing. They're writing law. They're corrupting the future for my niece, Anna Banana, who's six years old today. And I will not stand for that. I will not stand for the insult to my daughters, to my lineage, to grandkids I haven't met, to my wife, to my grandmother, to my mother. Not these rat bastards. So tell your cousin he can shove it. If he wants to meet you in a parking lot and he's too tough for you, you call me. I just told my wife I haven't put in a good twist in a long time. So thank you, Dominic. I could use the exercise. Robert in Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean, I'd like to, first of all, happy birthday to your niece. That's wonderful, I think. Yeah, she's a little Anna Banana. That's all right. I know. We're going to FaceTime her in a minute, but go ahead. Yeah, no problem. But the question I want to ask you today, did you happen to listen to Prof and Dennis Prager, this uh, reporter? Oh. She was on there, and she was explaining to him that oh. she got fired from a, a radio, a TV, a radio station, because she said that um, Harris, the vice president, wore a brown suit and said she looked like a UPS worker. 
So I guess here's the example. Hey, look, uh, Lucy, here comes the UPS worker. He's got a brown uniform. Does that make me a racist? I don't know if she got fired for that, but could you imagine if she would have articulated the fact that you wouldn't know her name if it wasn't for Sweet Willie Brown, and you don't ever want to find out why they call him Sweet Willie Brown. Thank you very much. Angie, love the ladies on the northwest side. Oh, Sean, how are you? Splendid. Oh, fantastic. Actually, I normally agree with you 120% of the time. It's all right. However, on the student loan stuff, I swear to you, I do not agree. All right. First of all, we got billions and trillions to send overseas for bullshit projects, things that don't affect the American, I'm sorry, BS projects on the American taxpayers. This is one thing that wiping out student debt will be such a boom to the economy. Poppycock. I love you, you and I could tell you're a wonderful girl, but you're, you're buying the tagline because here's the thing you have to understand, Angie. It's the people who didn't go to college that pay the debt. It's the people who didn't sign up for that obligation. Listen, your, your real problem is disclosure. Every loan under the sun, you have, to, you have to have disclosure. There's only one loan that you do not have to have disclosure for. That's the student loan because the government is in the business. They're swindling the kids. That being said, the kids are the ones that got swindled. Not the old lady who sent her kid to school 55 times. Not the, not the college kid who paid his own way. Not the bricklayer who never was going to waste his time. Not the entrepreneur who already factors in how many costs in paying different people, social care. None of those people signed up for to send. If you signed it, overseas. Angie, this is where I differ from everybody. If you took it, you owe it. That's just a fact. And there is no virtue shield you can put up to ever justify stealing the money of somebody else. And it is theft. Now, just because more people do it, that's why you don't go sell drugs on the corner, Angie. I went long with you, but I'll do it any time. Thank you for the call. 312 642 5600. AM 560. The answer. I've got to listen to that problem. Problem. I, I know I, I go out, I walk on the B. I don't listen like I used to. I got to listen. That show made me. Vince, Crystal Lake. Hey, Sean. I was, uh, first of all, it'd be nice if they lowered the interest maybe on the, the college stuff. But anyway. Well, that's another. Uh, I, I agree with that, by the way. But go ahead. Who do you endorse for the governor? Gary Rabine. He's the only capitalist that I can see. The only Gary Rabine. He's the only one that ever made money. Honestly, he's the only one that ever worked. Simple. I mean, Darren Bailey seems like a wonderful guy, and he worked in the private sector. And his people are going to be mad at me. But we need somebody who actually built an empire and is good at something. Sorry, that's just the way I see it. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I'm. I'm, I, I just wanted to see because I, I, you know, I couldn't tell who to vote for for governor. Vince, I'm going to tell you right now. I told Gary not to run. Do you know that? I'm proud enough to call him a friend yeah. of mine. I, I don't know him for long, but I, you, you meet somebody, you know, you like him. And I said, "What are you doing?" Yeah, I, I like. It's crazy, yeah. but he's he he he's I, determined. I, I liked him until he picked the lieutenant governor, but I guess I could get over that because you know. What's Jared a lieutenant Bailey, governor? It's like a vice have. president. They go around with wooden shoes and they get kinds of stuff. You know what I mean? Up until Kamala Harris, it really wasn't important. But you got this guy meandering around the uh-huh. White House who looks like he's clapping because he went to a, a potty by himself. It's preposterous what we have there. So it's really not important, the second position. But um, Gary well, Rabine can implement well, the like policy. I like him. Ah, there we go, Vince. See? Love it. Thank you, Vince. Appreciate <laughs> it. Frank Lamont. Hey, what's going on, Sean? How much, my friend? Sean, can I take a word out of your book for these morons 
Absolutely. You know, I'm Latino, okay? My, my parents immigrated the, the right way from Mexico back in the 50s. I am a proud American, and I am so sick of people saying they are going to vote for somebody because they look like them or because that's their ethnic group. You freaking morons. You vote for someone who can manage, somebody who's going to use the money that I bust my ass so hard for every day. You know, for, for and my that's kids. why I do this. You know yeah, I know what it's like every to be extorted. Day. It's extortion Frank. every day, Sean. And this, oh, the, 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 but but I'm so proud because they're this group or that group. You're an idiot. And yeah. that's why I voted for Reagan the first time I was able to vote in a presidential election. Frank, you know, you know how God proud I you, am Sean. that you prove everything I ever thought. I was lucky enough to grow up in Melrose Park. You remember, Melrose Park was riddled with uh, uh, people who didn't come here the right way. But you know what? They were the proudest Americans back then because they couldn't get in on the system. They all came here not for a system of welfare. They came here to work and to be you Sean, and to be me and to be every American. This is a, a, a time dad, I almost can't believe I'm in. My dad bust his butt 25 years working in the steel mills. Yeah. Right. As a laborer and wouldn't allow us to take one dime of government money. We had that. to work. You're, right. You know, I, love I love this country. I joined the army. I volunteered when nobody, you know, Nam was over. Yeah. I said, no, I love my country. I'm going to serve because that's what I want to do. And it took me 10 years of night school to get my bachelor's degree without owing a freaking dime to any Frank, bank or anybody else. And we hey. need to bring that back. Hey, Miss, uh, oh, God, I made a mistake. Honey Bunny, put Frank on hold. Let's give him a sweatshirt. I love this guy. Put him on hold. Can you do oh, it? Thank you, Sean. Thank you. All right, I'll be back in 21 hours. David and Lansing, I didn't get to you, but it was probably a bad joke anyway. Um, I'll be back in 21 hours. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.